0: Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am really, really excited. Today, I have a new friend and guest, Caleb Wampler. He is an evangelist who is based out of Florida, but really travels the world and does crusades and really just seeing miracles and healings. He used to be an assistant to Daniel Kalenda, and he just has an amazing story and really is just laid down his life for Jesus and is really all about just bringing people to know him more. So, Caleb, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me today, Heidi. It's a privilege and honor to be with you.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of ways that we could go. There's lots of stories that you can tell. Um, But my show really is about mental health and bringing that and bringing that in to the church and so could you share with the listeners, tell us about your story with mental health and where things were a struggle for you, and then we'll talk about what has God done and what is He doing in your life?
1: Yeah, definitely. I have been in a lot of different situations in ministry in my life and really grew up with the Lord, loving Him. And I grew up as a pastor's kid, really loved the Lord. I have a lot of pastor's kid friends that didn't follow the Lord and were on the opposite side of the spectrum, but... I just always loved Jesus, and always felt like there was a call on my life. Ended up going to Bible school, met my wife, had four kids, and. Ultimately, youth pastored for six years and things were moving really well and in a sense, climbing the ministry ladder of success. But I didn't think of it in that way at the time. But I knew there was something more God had put on my life. I had had this pull towards evangelism and I had had dreams and visions, prophecies by the church mamas that would lay hands on you and pray for you. And they would declare, they saw me preaching to crowds as far as the eye could see and, and seeing healings and people holding up wheelchairs in the air. So we had these amazing visions of what the future held. And I was believing for it and on track to see all those things happen. And so in the middle of it, I had this opportunity to go join an amazing ministry. And and that season, I was an assistant to an amazing man of God. And as I begin to dive into that world, I went from preaching approximately three times a week and in a sense having revival in our youth ministry to not preaching at all. And I went from leading everything in my community that I could think of and outreaches and events and seeing God move and heal and touch to changing diapers and to cleaning, staying till the office till one or two in the morning to lift up other people's arms and to serve people and to get coffees and drinks. And then we started Seeing all these people coming in from around the world on television that are famous, a lot of them you would know whether you're used to Christian background in TV or any of that. And you would know a lot of people just because they're famous names. And people didn't seem to be the same thing all the time that they were on the platform behind the scenes. And just in that season, I really started to just question. I remember even some of my coworkers, they were times were pondering be losing their salvation and things like this. I mean, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week and just seemed like it was never enough. I could never arrive. And all of those aspirations and dreams, it was boring with what my reality was. Here I was so close to all that God had called me to in my life, to seeing the vision of what I thought he was calling me into happen. And here it was just not happening at all the complete opposite happening sometimes the largest events in the history of the world (laughs) literally hundreds of thousands of people coming to christ in single nights and here i am babysitting things like that and it was part of the role god had called me to do for sure and i was happy to serve however i could but when i got into the heart of it there was a lot of things that could begin to set in financial struggles personal dreams and aspirations in marriage, uh, having our first kid and kids, and, and that all being in there. How can I do this for other people when I can't even hardly take care of my own life? In the middle of all of this pain that I was going through, all of these failed dreams that weren't happening, not that I didn't have moments that were amazing in the process, but there's a lot more hard days than the ones you see where somebody's on the television screen or uh, having a good moment.
0: So in the midst of some of those struggles, because I hear you were talking about pain, it sounds like there was times where you actually were believing that maybe you failed. So there was times where you've lost the hope of some of the prayers and some of the words that you had. Would you say that that happened at times?
1: Yeah, definitely. I felt like I had failed or somehow missed God when at the time I had been so excited to step into this new amazing season. But the reality of what I thought it was gonna look like it wasn't there. It was a different expectation for sure.
0: But then God showed up. (laughs) So talk about how God moved you through that season and that period and what he showed you.
1: I really started to get into this place where I was dissatisfied with the way things were. And again, we were interviewing famous men and women of God all over the world that were having these amazing moments happen in their lives. And I was the one transcribing their interviews, you know, (laughs) like I was then posting them. Then I would watch them and edit them because I was the editor before anything could go to air. I was seeing it three, four, five, six times, every single one. And I'm so close to it all, but yet it's seemingly like I'm missing something. And I remember being in those seasons, feeling like I had failed and missed it. And I was like, Lord, what these people are talking about, these men and women of God are talking about, is something different than what I have tasted and seen. I thought I was doing great before I had been around there. I was seeing God move in my previous seasons of life. But now here I was in the season where I felt like I wasn't loving Jesus the right way or I was missing him. And so it really caused me to look in the mirror and say, what am I missing here? And I started to realize that I wanted all of these things that ministry had to offer, all of these dreams and benefits of the calling that you would go into to see all of these things happen. But it was almost twisted in just a subtle way where it would be so that I would have success and that people could see me, that I had succeeded, that people could see me preaching to crowds of thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, that I was the one that was there when the people were getting healed. It's like I laid hands on them and they got healed and look how God used me powerfully. It was like these types of things were tied into my thinking by the visions and dreams and the words that people had spoken over my life in the past, because it was part of how I saw my identity in Christ was that if he was going to use me in these ways that then look, I would be, I would be there having these amazing moments. So it was just a subtle little thing that, just slipped into the dreams and the aspirations that if God was really going to use me, it had to look that way. And so I confronted that reality. I remember in prayer one day, I said, God, if you really are the pearl of great price, as it says in Matthew 13, 44 to 46, if you really are the reward, then I don't need any of this other stuff. I lay it all down. And it was almost like a brutal crucifixion in my own mind and heart, just coming before him and saying, I want to taste and see that you are good, not because of all of these benefits and things you can do and all these rewards and prizes, but because you are good. And when I really started to do that, it was a period of approximately three months where I would get up between three, four or five in the morning every single day before working 12 to 14 hour work days. And while having kids and while being married and all of the excuses we give ourselves, and I would still even try to go to the gym in there too. But I would lock in and say, I have to hear your voice, God. I have to know you for you, not just reading a Bible and reading a page to do my 3.5 chapters a day to try to read the Bible in a year or, you know, to to do these types of things. But I have to know the God of the Bible that wrote this thing through the 40 men that he inspired to write it. I have to know you for who you are. Holy Spirit, I have to know you as my friend. And in that season, Heidi, it took about three months, but I would say, Lord, I'm not going to move until you speak. I would start almost every day saying, Jesus, I worship you. I love you. You're everything to me. Open my ears to hear your voice. Open my eyes to see what you want to show me. What's on your heart today? And to this day, eight years later, that's how I start every prayer session. What is on your heart today? And I let him lead. I don't speak or move on until I hear him speak. From that place, he began to minister to me. And it took months. Sometimes I'd sit there for one to three hours. I did not have, not even hear anything or see anything. Or I would feel like it was a waste of time. And even that was like, I remember my wife asking me one day, well, what did God show you today? I'm like, nothing. I didn't see anything. You got up at 3 a.m. and sat there for three hours and you saw nothing. He didn't hear anything. You didn't feel no. And that was a really weird moment, I remember. And then one day I was just like, but I enjoyed it because I got to spend time with him. And it like my mindset finally shifted and I realized that he was the price and I enjoyed being with him. He was all I wanted. And from that place, God just started to do all types of amazing things in my life. You know.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, I could just feel the breakthrough, the breakthrough that you experience by pressing in to him and our brains don't get what just happened. I feel like there's some people listening and they're like, oh, why don't I do that? You don't need to understand how God works. We just need to trust him and that he is God and we are not. That is so powerful. I feel like it was Psalms 91, all of that, like just (laughs) sitting in the secret place and that that's what it's about. So talk about now, what is God doing in your life now? What did God launch you into and where does he have you now?
1: In that place, I mean, to kind of just complete the story, it was about seven months later where God transitioned me had an amazing moment. The Lord appeared to me in this amazing encounter. And I just started to see him every day in my prayer time. It was beautiful. It just opened up. And at the time I was working in that ministry and I talked to my boss and he said, what happened to you? Something happened to you? <laughs> He's like, I feel like I have to ask you, like, it's almost prophetic. What happened to you? And I told him and he said, you've got to go, man. You're burning. God has called you. He's commissioned you. It's time. And we had prayed at the time. A lot of people leave situations the wrong way, and we had prayed, like, God, we want, if it's your will, put it on his heart. He's a man of God. Even though we had felt the shift, we just wanted it to be completely in a good way. And so, about five years ago, we launched out our ministry that we are now doing, Kingdom Encounters International. In five years, we've had over 679,000 people that have made decisions for Christ in large mass gospel campaigns, the Billy Graham style crusades, and places like Pakistan. India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, across Latin America, and really all different places. I've been in about 30 countries and have seen just God's hand move so powerfully. We see the blinds healed regularly. I remember a night in Pakistan where 18 paralytics begin to walk in one single night and just eye problems, cancers, tumors vanishing. I mean, whatever you can think of healing-wise, God has begun to do it, and we have watched his hand move. And It's funny because when I finally gave up the dream, this is the thing we often miss about God's dreams is they're actually his dreams for us. If we get a dream in our heart, he's the one who gave it to us. So it's actually his dream for us.
0: I think we think we're being selfish or making things about (laughs) us and we're not. It's his dream. He gave it to you.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's that revelation hit me. And when I finally gave up all of it to him, he gave it back, but exponentially in ways I never could have imagined. I just thinking. What's beautiful is I can honestly say if he asked me to give it all up tomorrow to what he's doing, I, I would happily do it. I would live in a cave with him and just be happy, you know, because <laughs> he's my prize now. And so now knowing he's my prize, all of the other stuff comes with it. You know what I mean? And so it, it's just beautiful.
0: I mean, you are the real deal, Caleb. You are just a normal guy. You said yes to Jesus and he showed up and he is using you in mighty ways. It is such an honor to talk with you and have you here. Would you mind sharing your encounter that you had with Jesus? I think there's some listeners that they try to press in and I guess I don't want them to do it to get your encounter, to get that, but just to really stir their faith and how real Jesus is and how the supernatural and how he shows up for us?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I ran into an evangelist I met just Sunday night. They had said, I had this encounter in this vision of Jesus. And the friend that introduced us had said that I had had an encounter with Jesus and they were trying to encourage him. And he said, I just feel like nobody believes me that it ever even happened. And then his wife started talking and said, literally nobody believes him. And they were like, we don't even know what we're supposed to do with that. I said, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. I told him that it, I had been in Pakistan at a pastor's conference, and I had said, how many of you have ever had a vision of Jesus where he appeared to you? And 40% of the 200 pastors lifted their hands, and they had had encounters with Jesus. And so it's actually common, way more common than we would think. And so I encourage you to press in. but. In that encounter, it was a Wednesday night church service. And I had told my wife walking into the service, I said, I just have this expectation in my heart. Something is about to happen tonight. And there was this guest evangelist there that I didn't know. And they were ministering on the Holy Spirit. I just kind of started to lean over in my chair and the power of God just started to follow me. kind of like a heavy blanket almost. And it just like enveloped me, you know, (laughs) and I just started like sinking in my chair and I tried to get up to kind of respond and go towards uh, towards the area at the front where the, where the altar was. And I just wanted to go kneel down and, and spend time with him. And I passed out on the floor because the power of God fell on me. And I went into this vision. Paul describes in Scripture like an in-the-body, out-of-the-body experience. He didn't know where he was, and that's kind of what this was like. All I know is it was more real with him than any place I had ever been. And I was in this encounter, in this vision, and it was in this room of white that was all around, and this figure began to approach me in the vision. I saw them coming nearer to me, and I didn't know who it was. It was like it was all foggy and cloudy, and they came closer and closer and closer, but I sensed this rushing excitement in my heart, and they came down. And they kissed me right on the forehead. And at the moment of the kiss, my eyes supernaturally opened and I realized it was Jesus, the Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ of the Bible. And he was there and he was looking at me and he brought me to my feet and ultimately, ultimately like had me just floating in the air. And he breathed this breath of life onto me, just kind of goes, just like this. And this misty, watery kind of substance just started coming right at me. And it went inside of my mouth and just flooded my entire being and pushed out everything in my life that had been there that I didn't even know was there. I felt it touched places in my body that I didn't know existed. It just like flooded my body and just cleansed me and washed me out. And then it came over the top of my head and just begin to almost baptize me, my body, this living water that he had had breathed on me. And he then in that moment commissioned me into the nations and I was able to look into his eyes and I saw like this sapphire type of green eyes with this flames that were kind of just intermixed within it, you know. And I just saw this beautiful holy man that was emanating power and authority. And long story short, I, there's, it's like a 45 minute probably explanation. The, the really quick version is he began to then tell me that he was going to use me in healing ministry and prophetic ministry and that it was going to start to open up after that moment and i can say that after that moment it did open up and that's where we begin to see so many healings and breakthroughs but in that moment this is the secret sauce of the whole thing if that makes sense in the moment there was But all the lights were being turned off in the church service and everybody was leaving. I had been on the floor for an hour just laying there. I had no knowledge of time. I didn't even know. Apparently kids were like poking me saying, mama, what happened to the man? You know, I was being told all this afterwards and my wife had shook me twice and I didn't even move. And the third time she shook me, it was like, I was almost like sucked back into my body or something. And at that moment, I screamed out at the top of my lungs. People ask you, what would you say to Jesus if you could say something to him? If you could ask him something, what would you say? When that happened, I, I know what I would say because I said it. I screamed out at the top of my lungs, Jesus, don't go. And I was aware that I wasn't with him in that encounter anymore. I was just back laying on a floor in the church. And I heard these words and they said, surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20, you know. And I said it again, Jesus, don't go. And he says, surely I'm with you always. And that resolve in my spirit to this day is why we can go into dangerous places, where we can go into third world countries and go over places where there's terrorists and just really trust the Lord. And if you hear about me dying in a prison cell someday or whatever, that's fine. He's with me there too. I am happy to know that he's with me. He's with me. He's with me.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that and taking us into the story. I think there's so many people that wonder, and they look and they see missionaries, and this is how you're able to do it. It's really insightful and very powerful for you to share, because I think there's some people that have felt that pull and have felt that stirring, and it's there. It's there for real. God is actually calling more people. This isn't just for Caleb. This is actually for many of us. We just don't know how to press and listen and to hear what he has to say. So I would love for you to pray for our listeners, just wherever you feel the Holy Spirit's leading. We have a very wide variety of listeners and I really just trust where you feel that they are leading. And then I would love at the end for you to share about your book and your ministry as well.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you, Heidi. If you're listening right now, just turn your attention to the Lord and I just ask you to close your eyes and just imagine Jesus being there with you right now because friends, he is. (laughs) You don't even have to use your imagination. He is there with you right now. And Father, I just thank you that in Jesus' name that every single person listening and watching today, God, would just begin to have a sense of your nearness to them. Lord, your nearness to us is our good and you are with us always. So many people are battling depression and battling issues in this season. Financial problems, political oppression of things that they're feeling, of family issues, death and loss. And it doesn't matter what your situation is and the scope of it. All that matters is that Jesus is the answer to you today, friends. And he loves you and cares for you. He cares for your concerns and for your problems, but friends, he doesn't want you to stay in that place. He wants to love you through it today. And right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just ask Lord that you would give breakthroughs of every stronghold now in Jesus name. Every stronghold that is impairing their view of a loving father, in heaven who sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross for their sins and to rise from the dead. Everything that has set up the enemy in their view as somebody who's stealing, killing, and destroying. Right now I break the power of the enemy over your life. I break the power of the enemy over your thought process. I break the power of the enemy over your family, over every friendship and every relationship. I break the power of the enemy right now over your finances right now in Jesus name and I just speak blessing and I proclaim life and abundant life over you I pray for everything that the enemy that has stolen from your life right now that God would bring it back seven times over you in Jesus name That everything that has been lost in your joy in your peace right now That the joy of the Lord would come upon you and he would be your strength, that the peace that surpasses all understanding would just saturate your soul right now. And for those that are dealing with loss right now, that you just, uh, you feel like you're just missing someone in your life and it's been too painful to overcome. Some even, it may have even been, I just have a sense some of you even uh, more than a year or two ago, and it's still just... This weight is just being carried in your spirit. You just haven't been able to get resolved. And I just feel led to tell you that they're doing just fine right now with Jesus. They are with him right now and they are more okay than you ever possibly can realize or know. And I just have this, this sense to tell you that Jesus loves you. Father, I pray you'd send your angels to surround them now and just wrap your arms around those listeners that are listening right now. and and just comfort them. Holy Spirit, that you would counsel them and lead them forward. I pray for those that are dealing with addiction right now. I just have a sense there's people watching that are just feeling like they're in addiction right now of certain substances or uh, certain things that are just um, messing up your peace and even your family. And I just, I break every substance abuse right now, every drug and Uh, Every alcoholic abuse right now in Jesus name. I just break this addiction now in the mighty name of Jesus And I pray that you would just feel the the loving uh, Peace of the Lord just come over you that his love would cover over a multitude of sins Some of you may be saying I don't even know how I can get out of bed this morning And right now I just pray that the Holy Spirit would rejuvenate your body right now and that you would feel the power of God come upon you and that you would know that he is there and that he is with you as I had in that vision that he is with you. For those that have been praying for the Lord to speak to them, I pray that your dream life would just open up right now in Jesus' name, that you would begin to have dreams that are peaceful, that the angels of the Lord would surround you in your night seasons and I break off night terrors Now, in Jesus' name, every night terror and issue in the night of sleep loss right now, I just break that off of you in Jesus' name. I pray that tonight you would sleep peacefully for the first time. This is for somebody, that you would sleep peacefully tonight for the first time in over a year, that you would have a full night of sleep tonight in Jesus' name. And I I just speak blessing over you. I speak life over you. I ask all these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Oh, man. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, Jesus. How can our listeners find out more about you?
1: We'd be honored to, whew, <laughs> to have you learn more about Jesus with us. <laughs> Ministry is Kingdom Encounters International, and our website is kingdomencounters.us. We have Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and it's just evangelist. Caleb, C-A-L-E-B, Wampler, W-A-M-P-L-E-R. On these platforms, you'll find a wide variety of miracle videos. I think we have over 80 miracle videos, interviews just like this with Heidi and other men and women of God from all different areas. We have a podcast, Awaken the Wonder, on the Charisma Podcast Network. So we'd love to have you follow us there. And I got my first book. This book is called Hunger, For Those Who Know There's More. That season that I referenced a little bit earlier, this book was actually written out of that season of crucifixion. It took me about four years to write, and it'll take you maybe three to four hours to read it. It's not not a long read. There's a lot of just truths that I learned in the season. It's called Hunger. You can get it on Amazon or on our website, kingdomencounters.us. But my journey of going deeper and creating that hunger to go to the next level in your relationship with Jesus. So I believe it. hunger precedes encounter. And so if you want to encounter the Lord, then it's time to get hungry.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, this has just been such a joy and a privilege, Caleb. I can't even tell you, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of blown away by what God is doing in your life and what he's gonna continue to do. I'm so thankful that you were laying down your life for us, for every single one of us, and you're just being an example. You're being an example of what it's like to be a real Christian. I mean, if this is what it's about. So thank you so much for being a guest and being on the show.
1: You're so kind. Thank you, Heidi. It's an honor to be with you. And what you're doing with your listeners is making a massive difference. Interview that we, we kind of did an interview with you too, and you just have so much wisdom that people need to hear. So thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensonLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.